Well, if you've read very much of your Bible at all, you know that a lot of the characters don't actually make great role models. They're examples of sinners in need of a Savior. And every single person in the Bible is a sinner who needs a Savior, except Jesus, because he is the Savior. But there are a handful of people in the Bible who are good role models. We met one last time. Her name is Ruth, and we're going to meet another one today. His name is Boaz. I'm so glad that you joined me today on Audacious Arrows, where we're becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's Word. Today we're going to continue on in the book of Ruth. We're going to be in the second chapter today, so chapter number two of the book of Ruth. The story of Ruth takes place in Bethlehem, and it's a few generations after the stories that we read in the book of Genesis. So let's just give you a little context to help you understand where in the Bible this story happens. Jacob had those 12 sons, right? Joseph was one of them, Judah was one of them, and they lived in Egypt. They were delivered, and eventually their children's children's children all traveled to the promised land, the land promised to Abraham. Now, Judah and Tamar had a son named Perez, and Judah and Tamar's great-great-great-great-great-grandson is a man named Boaz, who we're going to meet in our story today. So this is like six generations after Jacob's 12 sons. It also takes place shortly before King David. Last time we read about a woman named Naomi. She and her husband traveled away from Bethlehem because there was a famine and they went to the land of Moab. The Moabite people are the people who descended from Lot and his daughter. And they were a pagan people. They didn't worship the one true and living God. In fact, they were polytheistic, so they probably worshipped a lot of different um, fake gods. Well, Naomi's husband died and her two sons died and she was left with her two daughters-in-law. Orpah returned back home to her mother's house, but Ruth wanted to go with Naomi and said, I will go with you. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. So Ruth wanted to return with Naomi to Bethlehem and become a worshiper of the one true and living God. And that's exactly what they did. We're going to encounter some vocabulary today that might not be familiar to you. So we're going to hear the word clan, which just means family. Think more extended family, like aunts, uncles, cousins, and all of that. We're going to hear about reaping and gleaning. So when wheat or barley or any grain is grown, once it's ripe, there will be people who go through and reap the grain. So they'll cut down the stalks of grain. After that, it's threshed. Um, and it's kind of beaten so that the grain is separated from the stalks and the chaff and all of that. So that's the process of reaping. And it, and it takes a lot of people and a lot of work to get it done. Um, in our modern times, usually farmers will use machinery, um, like combines and things, to do that work for them. But during Bible times, it was just servants that did it. Gleaning was something that they would do um, like people would go behind the reapers and the reapers would drop some of the 
stalks of grain and so the gleaners would pick it up and they would gather kind of what, what got left behind by the reapers so we're going to hear a lot about gleaning today and that was something that someone who didn't have a lot of money or who was poor could do as a way to get something to eat they could go and glean in a field there were provisions in the laws of israel for people who were poor that they could go and glean parts of the field we're also going to hear a little bit about a relative who is a redeemer. And what do they mean by that? Perhaps you remember back to the story of Judah and Tamar. Um, there was a similar situation there. But if someone's husband died, um, if that man had a brother, he would be a redeemer. He could marry the widow and kind of keep the family name, keep the keep the land and the possessions within the family. And that's what Boaz is. He's a relative of Naomi's and he's a redeemer. So he can marry um, someone to kind of keep, keep things in the family, keep the family name. So that is some vocabulary that'll help you understand as we read today. We're in chapter two, so find it in your Bible. If you don't have your Bible with you right now, if you're listening in your car or something, make sure you open your Bible later on today and read Ruth chapter two. Here we go. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain, after him in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem. And he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his young man, who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She is the young Moabite woman, who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came, and she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter. Do not go to glean in another field, or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping, and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes, that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me, and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. And then she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant though I am not one of your servants. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come here, and eat some bread, and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers, and he passed to her roasted grain, and she ate until she was satisfied, and she had some left over. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, saying, 
Let her glean, even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her, and also pull out from some of the bundles for her, and leave it for her to glean, and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned. It was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today, and where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked, and said, The man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And Ruth the Moabite said, Besides, he said to me, You shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvests, and she lived with her mother-in-law. Well, we've come to the part of this love story where the two characters meet for the first time, and it's pretty sweet and romantic. But the Book of Ruth is more than just a love story. It's a story showing how God's hand is very intimately involved in our day-to-day lives. I want to point out something to you in verse 3. It says that Ruth went out and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz. Of all of the places in Bethlehem, in all of the places in Israel where Ruth could have gone and gleaned, She just so happened to come to the field of Boaz. And I think that the author of the book of Ruth is making a point that this, he says this is like it's a coincidence, but the point he's making is that this really wasn't a coincidence. God's hand is involved in every step of this story. Every piece of this story has God's hand and his plan and his design written all over it, including bringing Ruth to the field of Boaz. Of all of the fields, in Bethlehem, for some reason, Ruth went to Boaz's field, and I think God led her there. She may not even have realized it. We also see in this chapter some things that are happening to Naomi. If you remember from last time, when Naomi came back, she didn't want people to call her Naomi. That name means pleasant and gentle. She wanted people to call her Mara, which means bitter, because she felt like she had come back empty and that the hand of the Lord had caused calamity in her life. Well, look what has happened here. Naomi is living and her daughter-in-law is going out and working. How kind of Ruth to offer to go out and work and glean for them. And Ruth is successful and brings back quite a bit of barley for them so that they have food to eat. This is a big blessing for Naomi. I wonder if she is starting to see that God's hand might not be against her as much as she originally thought. Another thing we can take away from this story is looking at the character of Boaz and Ruth. It may have been that Ruth was very beautiful and Boaz was very handsome. I like to imagine that they were, but the story doesn't tell us anything about what they looked like. It tells us about their character. So what do we learn about Boaz 
He greets his reapers with, The Lord be with you. And they respond with, The Lord bless you. This is a man who recognizes the Lord and wants to bless his his servants, the people who work for him. He treats them well. He feeds them well. And look at the way that he treats Ruth. He's very kind to her and generous with her. He wants her to be well-fed and protected. And he talks to his servants about making sure that she has all that she needs. Boaz is a man of character, of strong integrity. And Ruth, he doesn't say anything about her beauty, but what he does say is that her reputation Um, He's heard things about the way that she was faithful to her mother-in-law and the way that she came back. And he wants to be welcoming and hospitable to her as a foreigner and show her what God's kindness is like now that she's here in Bethlehem and not in Moab. This is how God's people treat each other. But Boaz takes note of Ruth because of her character, because of the way that she acts. And Boaz is notable because of his character, because of the way that he treats people around him. So I think this can cause us to ask, how do our actions, how do the way that we treat other people, what does that say about us? And do we have the inner character and beauty that Boaz and Ruth had? Or are we only focused on what we look like on the outside? So that's something to think about and pray about as we read this story. Well, let's talk about our memory verse for this week. We're in Psalm 42, 11. It says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. If you feel down, if you feel sad, if you feel like you're in turmoil or anxious, tell yourself to hope in God, because you will again praise him. He is your salvation. He is your God. You can talk to your soul and say, soul, hope in God, just like in this verse. That's Psalm 42, 11. I'm so glad that you joined me today in studying the Bible together. We'll see you next time.